it's interesting, Pastor Dan starting today and uh, welcoming him and his family to the church. Uh, we're excited for his ministry as uh, we serve Jesus together. I remember my first day of ministry at the church was a Sunday, and it was uh, this day, 18 years ago, and I had a job. And it was actually right, we were coming right here uh, to the Rolling Ridge for a church picnic. And I had never been to an all-church picnic, and they, I had one, my ministry task was to bring the cotton candy machine to this place. It's not the hardest or the most profound task of ministry that I've ever done, but uh, important nonetheless. And a cotton candy machine is a lot heavier than it looks. But I got that cotton candy machine. We set it up right behind me here, and we plugged it in. And in the blink of an eye, 75 children lined up for cotton candy and about 20 adults with them. And uh, it was uh, it shows me something, that there are two types of hunger in this world. There is hunger because something's missing, because you need food, you need nourishment. And fortunately for us, we don't often experience that, or we don't experience it for long periods of time. Uh, for me, I experience that type of hunger when I forget to eat breakfast, or when I'm uh, doing yard work outside and get hungry, and I just need that nourishment, or I'll pass out. And, and we know that there's you know many people who don't get that kind of nourishment as they need it. Uh, but that, that's the nourishment. That is not the type of nourishment that those kids in line needed that day. That, it's a totally different kind of nourishment because they'd already eaten. They had had hamburgers and hot dogs and chips. And they still had ketchup on their faces. And they were standing there not because they needed nourishment, but because they had tasted of the sugary goodness of cotton candy. They had pulled the pillows of pink and put them in their mouths and had tasted it, the melting and the enveloping of the mouth of the cotton candy, the sweetness. And they knew that it was good and they were willing to stand in line to get it. And they would have, and if that's the kind of hunger that never really fully gets satisfied. Those kids and the adults would have come through the line over and over and over again until we, cut, we actually did cut them off because uh, they would become ill. Uh, but that is a very different type of hunger. There are two different types of spiritual hunger in our world. The one type of spiritual hunger is because something's missing. Because we need the nourishment, the one thing that will sustain our life. And Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never be hungry. Jesus said, I'm the only one who can satisfy it. I can only one who can nourish that need that you have. And if you don't have it, you will die. But with me, you will never be hungry again. I'm the one who can fill your deep longings to forgive you, to fill you with my presence, to give you true, abundant, and eternal life. And that's a very real, real spiritual hunger. There's another type of spiritual hunger. The, the second type of spiritual hunger is much more like the kids in the cotton candy line. This is a hunger uh, that has tasted that God is indeed good, that wants more and more, and you want to get back in that line to, to have it. And our passage of Scripture today addresses both of these types of hunger. Hear God's word. It says, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you might grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. You've tasted that the Lord is good. The image here is hunger. The image is of a, a like a hungry baby, a newborn baby that's just craving. And, and, and when newborn babies crave, you know it. Fernando, you have a newborn baby. That baby craves food, and you know it. All night and day, you know it. Thank you so much for serving in the midst of 
this season in your life. Real quick, I don't need any monitor. If you want to just keep it out there, it's kind of ringing. Okay. So the image is not just nourishment, but it's about craving something that you've tasted and you know it is good. I believe that there is deep hunger here today and that God has put that hunger in you. I don't believe anybody is here by accident, and I believe there's been a hunger to gather. There's been a hunger to worship God together. There is a hunger to take next steps, not just the the nourishment from God, but to have more of it and to taste it, to take next steps in your spiritual journey, to know that this good food is not just for you, but it's for you to share. It's for you to take it from this place and to go and to share it with the world around you, not just a private private faith. There's a hunger not just to play church. And we know that because if you wanted to just play church, we can't these days. We've been reminded that it can be difficult to gather, that there can be seasons when we are out there on the front lines of our lives, but God is faithful to you in those places. He's been faithful to you. And you desire to experience uh, his faithfulness to you and your response of faith to him. Let us pray. Father God, as we come before your word, as we are full of gratitude for a chance to be together, to lift our voices together. We pray that your Holy Spirit would just unite us in this hunger that you've placed in us. We pray that it would just, that this would launch us, that this would not be a one-time event, but that you would use this moment to launch us forward. Father, I pray for anybody who's come here who does who does not have that hunger. I pray that something that I would say or something that they see or hear would instill in them and awaken them a hunger to know you and to experience you as many of us have. Lord, be glorified in this time. Teach us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. That hunger inside us is going to point us to the nourishment we find in Jesus. And that nourishment will help us to grow. And it's going to help us to grow in three ways that we, as we look at this passage. The first is that we're going to grow on the foundation of Jesus. Jesus, as we just sang, is the cornerstone of our faith. He is the foundation, the rock, the steady place in which our uh, faith is built. And as we, as we go to him, we are built on that. And we are actually built together on the foundation of Jesus. We are in a season where people's lives have been shaken in so many ways. Their, their normal life as they knew it uh, feels very disrupted. And when people get shaken, if their feet are not on firm foundation, if they are not on that solid cornerstone, uh, we see people who are struggling with deep anxiety and fear and depression because of this, uh, because of how things have been turned up in our world, because of pandemic, because of unrest, because of all these things. And maybe you are here today and you feel like, you know what, I've drifted off that foundation too. And I'm feeling those things. Today is a day where we will put our feet back on our firm foundation of Jesus. And the watching world will see your faith. As our scripture says, we are being built together into a spiritual house. A spiritual house is a temple. The whole idea of a temple is that that's the place where God's presence lives. That's the place where uh, you would experience that God in that temple. And the image here is that you are that temple. And that the world will see your faith. And the world will see that you are standing on a firm foundation. That we are not a people who are sheep. And it points the world to God. Now, of course, as we speak of Jesus and as we point the world uh, to our Father God, we know that some people will reject that. Some people don't want to hear it. It can be a very polarizing thing. Our scripture says, to you who believe, this cornerstone, Jesus, is precious. 
to those who do not believe, verse 8 says they stumble because they disobey the message. We know that as we uh, go out, Jesus is going to polarize people. Uh, because the good news of Jesus starts with the bad news of our sin. That we need a Savior. That we all fall short of God's glory. And we, we turn from that sin and we receive His grace. That's possible because of what He accomplished on the cross. But as we turn to Him, as we make Him our Lord, we lose our autonomy. We, we lose the lordship of our own life and we transfer it to Jesus. And, and many people don't want to do that. They want to hold on to that and cling to that. So you, you either have to make him Lord or you have to push him away. And, but that's not up to us. As we go and we live it out, people will respond in different ways. But we are people who will stand firm even if others reject it. So here's what we're going to do this fall. We're going to do an all-church campaign. We're, going to, we're asking all the small groups of the church to focus on the same material. We're going to be doing a study uh, from the New Testament book of Hebrews, and we're going to have a daily devotional materials for you. We're going to preach all of our sermons and all the small group discussions focused around Jesus and his sufficiency and how we are building our lives on that firm foundation that we, and, that we won't be swayed, that we can come to him for true rest where we can bring all of our anxieties and our fears to Him and be satisfied in Him. That is our goal. We encourage everybody, if you're not in a small group, get connected to one of our small groups because we're all going to be studying this together. Great time to jump on board in this new season. But we are uh, going to have our hunger satisfied in Jesus and we will grow on the foundation of Jesus. Secondly, we're also going to grow in our identity in Jesus. Verse 9 says, You are a chosen people. A royal priesthood, a holy nation. You are God's special possession. In Jesus Christ, if you put your faith in him, you get a new identity. Four things here. It says you are a chosen people. That reminds me that God chose you. That you are a product of God's grace. That God does not treat us as our sins and our failures deserve. But God, by his grace, reaches out and calls us to be his children. I'm not defining my life by what I achieve. I, I am defining my life by the fact that God has rescued me out of the kingdom of darkness and invited me into his kingdom of life. My life is not defined by my fears and failures. It is defined that I am a chosen person and that we are a chosen people in Jesus. Secondly, we are a royal priesthood. That means we are ministers. That means we have a job to do. The key here is that you are a priest and you are a minister wherever God calls you. We believe the priesthood of all believers. So your identity in Jesus means that you have a job to do. And you may not feel adequate. You may not feel like I'm a good enough Christian. You're not, but by the grace of God, he's called you to be his agent. And he will equip you by his grace to live it out. Thirdly, you're a holy nation. It reminds you that your primary allegiance is to Jesus Christ and to the kingdom of God. Therefore, I might, as I go about my day, I might feel out of place in this world. I might feel like I don't fully belong. I might feel like, am I the only one who is following God in my world? And you, in, in, in some contexts, you might be. But you're not alone because you're part of a nation. In Christ, you're a citizen of heaven. You have a true and permanent home where you always belong. And lastly, you are God's special possession. He cares for you. Jesus Christ died for you. You are in God's hand. You are precious to God. Even when the world hates you, when people put you down, when people antagonize you, when you're up against the worst odds, you are God's special possession He cares for you. And if we can root our identity in what God says about us, 
our, our identity in Jesus Christ. When we get up in the morning, there's all the different ways you can define your life. You can define your life by what you're trying to achieve. You can define your life by what you haven't achieved. You can define your, your life by comparing yourself to other people. You could feel superior to others. You could feel less than others. But if you can define yourself in your identity in Jesus Christ, a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that will drive us to growth. Our hunger will be satisfied when we find our true identity in Jesus Christ. And lastly, we will our hunger will be satisfied and we will grow in our witness for Jesus. Verse 9 again says, This is so that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. We are going to, in our words and in our actions, declare his praises. And we do it through song. We do it here. We declare the praises of God. But in our world, we point people to Jesus. And sometimes people say, well, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to declare it to someone else, or I'm afraid to do that. Remember that declaring his praises is not about winning an argument. It's, it's, not about, um, it's not about having all the answers. It's about pointing to something that God's done for you. And we decide ahead of time, when we get up in the morning, we decide, God, I am deciding today to declare you to the people around me. I'm deciding to, to not be afraid. I'm actually inviting you, Lord, to open those doors. And when you do, I pray that you'll give me the words to speak. Words that will be words of encouragement, words of life, and offering words of prayer for people, offering invitations to people, invitation to, to worship, invitation. We have Alpha Course, a great place to explore the Christian faith. There's one starting this month online. Uh, we have there's all kinds of invitations and words and, and ways that we can speak, and we just seek God for that. But we also declare it with our actions. Verse 12 says, live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits. And this is Peter, the, the disciple, writing this, and he's, he's recounting the words of Jesus when he was standing there when Jesus said, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. People will see your life. Now, they won't see a perfect life when they look at you. They're not going to see a perfect life, certainly, when they look at me. But they see someone who has purpose. They see someone standing on a foundation. They see somebody fighting sin and pursuing holiness. Verse 11 says, abstain from those sinful desires which wage war against your soul. And we are a people who will be serious about this. That we know that we all have a sinful nature. That the problems in the world, it's, it's not just... Um, it's not just systemic issues, but it's issues with my sinful human heart, the ways that I contribute to a sinful world. And I need his grace. And as we turn to God, we realize his grace is limitless. His grace is abounding. His grace is amazing. We will sing together in a moment. This is amazing grace. That is the grace that we receive. That is the grace that we grow in. And that brings about freedom of forgiveness. And the world will see your life forgiven and free and will give glory to God. But we need to embrace that mission. We need to embrace the fact that when we go out there tomorrow uh, that we're going to be on the front lines of our lives wherever it is, whether it's in front of a computer screen, whether it's in a classroom, uh, whether it's in your neighborhood, with your family, that God has put you there for a reason and he has a mission for you in that place. And that we will proclaim in our words and in our actions his glories. Our hunger will be satisfied and we will grow 
in our mission for Jesus. Now, if I had planned this right, at the conclusion of our service, I'd have cotton candy for everybody. And I don't. I actually feel like Peter and John, they they met a beggar once who's asking them for money. And they said, well, we don't have silver or gold, but what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ. So in the name of Jesus Christ, I have no cotton candy for you. But in the name of Jesus Christ, if we are going to take this hunger, and I I believe with all my heart that God has put this hunger in you, that we're going to take this hunger, we are going to feast on real spiritual food, and we are going to grow. We're going to grow on the foundation of Jesus. We're going to grow in our identity in Jesus. And we're going to grow in our mission for Jesus. Four years ago, we made a decision as a church and a a shift of focus that we were going to uh, embrace and and enjoy and love our gathered times to be the church gathered. But we're going to put our focus on the front lines. We're going to focus as the church scattered. And that was put to the test back in March when we were primarily scattered. And praise God we can gather here today. But we embrace the front lines of our lives that we believe that when when we go about our day, that if we are genuinely, the Holy Spirit is, is with us by faith. And that we are God's temple. We are ministering. We are priests in those places that we go. That we are disciples gathered and disciples scattered. We will, When we live this way of life, we, you know, we've tasted and seen that God is good. And now we're going to continue to feast. We're going to continue to taste. And we're going to bring it to our world. Let us pray. Father God, again I pray that this is not a moment. I pray that this is uh, a launching point of a season of fruitfulness as we seek uh, all of our hunger and longings in life, our spiritual longings will be satisfied in you and that we will crave more of it, that we might grow together as a community. As many times as we get to gather and as much time as we spend, as we spend scattered apart, that we are one called according to your good purposes that you have chosen us to be agents of your kingdom so we pray lord that you would empower us continue by your spirit to empower us we thank you for your amazing grace in the name of jesus christ we pray amen